Welcome, 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 welcome back to another episode of the Flow Track Podcast. Solo episode. It's just me. No Kevin. Kevin is gone. He's not with us anymore today. He has food poisoning. And I know how he got it. I warned him on the, was it yesterday? Yesterday I had a meeting with him and he was trying to rush out of the meeting. The meeting was around 12, 15. He said, I have to get going. I have to go eat a hamburger with my neighbor. That's what he said to me. He said he has to eat a hamburger with his neighbor. Thought that was weird. Who eats hamburgers with neighbors at 1230 on Thursdays? But he does. He's friends with his neighbor. And look what it got him. It got him food poisoning. So he cannot be on the pod. So it's just me. So we're going to do our best to get through this Friday on a great weekend coming up. Uh, and, you know, we're going to have a good old time. There's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, not technically this weekend, but in the upcoming weekends, which will break down. We have some good announcements from the Prefontaine Classic. Peyton Jordan entries are now out. Um, it's going to be cool. We're going to get through it. I might take some questions on the YouTube so let, you, let me know in the chat. Someone can help me out by telling me what's going on in the chat. I might have to pop it up myself. But before we get into the chat, before we get into um, the topics we want to talk about today on the pod, we got to bring up, we got that pickup contest. And click on that QR code, enter the contest. Two questions, got to go two for two. And if you're two for two, you're in the running to win some prizes. Question is, Oregon relays four by mile. A little controversy, like we said about the Oregon relays four by mile. Clearly, it's kind of weird because next week, Penn relays, they're going for the world record or world best, excuse me, on Athletics Club. And uh, Oregon is just kind of doing their own thing. They're going to do the Cole Hawker, Cooper Tier, Matt Wisner, and James West doing a little own thing at the Oregon relays. And so there's two questions. First question is will they break the world record? Yes or no? And the second question is, will they it's funny, my, my here, my colleague is trying to find the clip. Just go to the just go to the news section on flowtrack.com and he'll and you'll find it. I'll just help you out. Just go to news and boom, top, top, there you go. <laughs> uh, so you bring up the let's bring up the, the URL so you can see what it looks like. Go over to the website. Will they break the world record? Yes or no? That's the first question. You can scroll down and you can see the questions. Um, and then the second question is, who will have the fastest split of the four? Will it be Hawker? Will it be Tier? Will it be West? Will it be Wisner? If you can go two for two, you're in the running to win. So make sure you put your phone number in and uh, see if you're going to be eligible to win. We do this every weekend. going to have a good old time. And uh, yeah, anyway, so that's that. That's off the list. Second thing, we had some... Uh, Pretty exciting news go down at the Prefontaine Classic. The men's 100, which some are billing is the greatest 100 ever. I'll get into that a little bit later. But the men's 100 was just announced for Prefontaine Classic, and it is a great 100-meter field. Here is in the, who is in the field. You got the Olympic gold medalist, Lamont Jacobs from Italy. You got the 2019 world champion, Christian Coleman. You got the silver medalist and the bronze medalist from the Olympics in Fred Curley and Andre de Grasse. And then you also have, you know, very good U.S. athletes like Marvin Bracey, Kenny Bednarik, Noah Lyles, and Ronnie Baker. It's pretty damn cool. It is a great field of 
strong eight athletes that you could argue any one of them could win. I mean, some are more likely to win than others. I would say probably I would take two athletes who I know definitely won't win, and then the other six all could win. I won't say who they are, but I would say two of them definitely won't win, and six of them have a chance to win. Obviously, some more likely than others. Lamont Jacobs coming off the World Indoor title, coming off the Olympic title. Coleman looking good, though, still coming off his 2019 100-meter title. Curly, who's just been a beast, beating everyone that shows up to the track. DeGrasse, we know what he does. It's a great field. Uh, early, I wish I wish I could bet on it. I mean, like, cause this is be a, a fun little um, prop bet. Well, don't worry, we're gonna make sure this becomes a, a pickup uh, game because we want to see what you guys think on who you think will win this hundred meter. And it's interesting because it's happening like what sixty days, forty to sixty days before Worlds, so. It's going to be a really good litmus test for us to truly understand who is in the driver's seat for the world championships. Now, there are a few other athletes that aren't in this field, like a Bromel, a Kenyan uh, sprinter, South African athletes, a um, few British athletes who might make, be able to make a final. It is U.S. heavy. I mean, it is a, a U.S. Diamond League. But uh, it's the big players. And... We thought we would learn a little learn from Jacobs versus Coleman at World Indoors, which we did. We learned that Jacobs isn't going anywhere. We learned that Coleman is back to his usual Coleman type performances because they basically almost tied. Um, but now that we're in a hundred, that's the actual distance that they're racing at World Championships. Sixty. There's another forty meters there. You don't know what's going to happen. It's going to be a good way for us to really understand, like. Who is the actual favorite going in? And the one thing, the one prediction that I'm willing to make for this 100-meter dash, and I'll say this prediction when we get closer to the race, when we really dive into details of this 100-meter field. My one prediction, the order of first, second, and third in this race will not be the order of first, second, and third at the World Championships. Now, there, there may be an athlete not in this race who gets first, second, or third at World Championships, but the order of these actual athletes who actually make a final, so whoever of these athletes who make a final, the order of first, second, third here would not be the order of the top three at the World Championships. That's what I think is going to happen, and that's why it's going to be wild. It's like, now it doesn't mean the winner here won't win Worlds. I could see the winner of this race, Prefontaine, go on and win Worlds. But I don't think one, two, three specific order will be the one, two, three specific order at Worlds. And it's going to be an exciting race. I'm excited. I'm excited to see DeGrasse finally. We haven't seen him in a while. Um, Curly versus Lamont Jacobs is going to be great because we've seen Lamont Jacobs go up against Coleman. He hasn't gone up against Curly. And Curly has been looking good. Just ran his 19.8 at Mount Sac. He's been running consistently well in the, from the four to the two to the one. It's just going to be a great race all around. So we'll wait and see what goes down. It's end of May, so we're just basically a little about four weeks out, and uh, we'll get ready for that. Now, there's so much to talk. It's, it's crazy that just the announcement of the field 
can garner such reaction. I mean, it got a reaction out of me. I was like, oh, damn, this is great track and field action. I'm excited. But what it did, it got a lot of people going a little too far. A little, a little, a little too far. Because there were some people on the internet who were saying, this is the greatest 100-meter field ever assembled. Oh, my God. Are we going to see a world record? This is, we've never seen this before. And I'm like, all right, guys, first of all, chill out. Yes, it is a great 100-meter field. But greatest ever? That's just, that's, just, that's just crazy talk. We've seen defending champions and defending medalists race each other the following year. Like, that's normal. This happens all the time. We're just living in the heat of the moment. We missed track and field for like a year and a half. And we're getting a little overexcited about any opportunity we get to see Jacobs and Coleman and, and Curley and DeGrasse. But like, it's not the greatest 100-meter field ever. Like, that's just not true. I mean, it's missing the two fastest men from last year. Not the two top finishers at the Olympics, but the two fastest 100-meter times from last year were held by Trayvon Brumbell, who ran 9.76, and Fernandan Omanyali, who ran 9.77. They're not in this field. So you'd think if it's the greatest ever, the fastest two people from last year, time-wise, would be in this. The fourth fastest man, time-wise, from last year, Bington Su of China. He's not there. The South, like, South African athlete, Simbenye, he's not there. So not saying that those guys are, would win this race, because I don't think they would. But it's also just not the greatest race ever because Usain Bolt's not there, guys. Like, you're not the greatest field ever assembled unless it has the greatest athlete ever to exist in the race. Until someone starts running Usain Bolt-type times, the era of we have assembled the greatest 100-meter race ever, it just doesn't exist. So, now I'm not saying it's not a great race, but it's not the great S. Take off the E-S-T. That's all I'm saying. Just got to take off the E-S-T. Someone commented, um, this 100-meter race made me think there should be some way a person with a top five time in the world could somehow run at champs, regardless if they make the team, because we never truly get the fastest Finals. Now, I'll agree with that. One thing that this race does provide is that it provides an opportunity for us to see the, the be, more than just the, like the best of the best. Because too many times, the fourth best runner in a country who on a bad day, on a good day, could be the best runner in a country, but on a bad day gets fourth misses out an opportunity to be the best runner in the world, right? We said in distance events. I mean, Kenya has been having this problem, and Ethiopia has been having this problem since they started getting good at running, you know? Like, there's the fourth best Kenyan, the fourth best Ethiopian in distance events, could easily win a world title, but we don't get to see it. We do get to see them compete at the Diamond Leagues when it's a really deep field, and now we're getting that opportunity. Now, I agree with the whole sentiment. Like, this is... This, all right, this is going to be a little controversial take. I do think that world athletics needs to get rid of the three athlete per country rule. What are we doing here? If we want to crown 
the greatest athletes in the world. Why do we cut it off at three per country? Not all countries are created equal. Like, there's a lot more people in certain countries than other countries. So they don't do this in other events. If I go to a golf tournament, if I go to the Masters, are there only three Americans allowed at the Masters? Are there only three British athletes allowed at Wimbledon? No, because they recognize there could be more than three great tennis players or more than three great golfers in one single country. And that in order for them to truly hold events like majors to find out who's the best golfer in the world or who's the best tennis player in the world, they don't limit it to three per country. And so I think we need to get rid of three per country. And I get it. No, there's something special about representing your country and wearing the your, merit, your country's flag on your chest and being able to run that victory lap, holding that flag, and there's just so much country pride. I'm like, what? Like, save that for the Olympics. I get that. Do that for the Olympics. But for not the Olympics? Who cares? Like, I just want to see the fastest person in the world win. I don't want to just see a like, we kind of are just used to the system of like, this is just what we do. We, 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 we govern our best, we uh, design our best, we pick our best athletes based off of the country they're in. Like, we don't do that in other sports. It's not like in the NBA, you get three, three point guards per continent. You get three cornerbacks uh, in the NFL per state. We don't do geographic limitation. It just doesn't make any sense. Save the country world championships for the Olympics. Get do it, and then in the other years, it should just be like I mean, we have this kind of with the Diamond League final, but we can make the Diamond League final better, right? It's basically cr trying to create a Diamond League final that is even higher up because it's the actual most important final. Because right now the Diamond League final is second tier to a world championship final. And then I know some people are like, well, there's something about the world championships that allows you know, people who may not be as good as the 12th Kenyan to still find a way to make a final. And that's true. And that happens all the time. There are a lot of sprinters who get to make finals because U.S. is limited to three. And there are a lot of Americans who get to make finals and distance events because there's only three Kenyans allowed, right? So both countries get to take advantage of it. Both non-U.S. and U.S. both get to take advantage of being in a weak or hard field. But I, I think that you need to get rid of countries, you know, all together. Well, not, no, still have countries, but not countries in the sport. I know it never happened, but hey, for some reason, golf and tennis survive without having countries. Why can't track and field? I got three people saying we got a few people in the in the in the chat. Three per country makes sense. I disagree. Three per country at Olympics of golf? Yes. So like, yeah. Again, three per country at the Olympics, hundred percent. But three per country in other situations, it makes no sense. No sense. Yeah, and you look at the on the game. He's like looking at it. 
people are getting buys where you get four. If, if we're willing to give people buys at four, then why aren't we willing to give people buys at five and six and seven? If, if the top eight runners in the world all just happen to be born at a certain longitude and latitude within a certain square mileage of each other, are we all going to be like, yeah, well, they're born too close to each other. So we got to break out five of those top eight runners and let a different set of five come in. That makes no sense. I want the eight fastest people in every final. I don't want, yeah, just, that's, that's what I want. So Tampa Eagle said a better 100 meter was Bolt, Fossa, Tyson, Gatlin. Yeah, that was pretty damn good. Again, in order for you to have the best 100 meter field ever assembled, it has to start with lane five, Usain Bolt. This is, this is how it works. But again, this is going to be a great race. It might be the best race of the year. I could see this race being better than the, the championship final because there's going to be people in this race who won't be at the championship final because there's only uh, four Americans allowed at the championship final. So again, not trying to disrespect the race because this might be the best race of the year, but the best race ever. Let's just hold our horses. All right. What else is going down? Um, this weekend, there's not a lot going on in track. I looked it up. There's not a lot of good track meets. It's kind of weird. It's like a, it's like an off weekend because the weekend after this one is going to be amazing. You got obviously the Penn Relays, which are live on Flow Track. Peyton Jordan, which we'll talk about. Your distance meet. Um, obviously, there's some, a few other relay meets like Drake Relays is happening. Some other college meets, but a lot of people are going to be running some really fast times and some great relay marks the last weekend of April. So that's going to be really big. So I think this weekend's kind of like a, a mulligan. People kind of training through this weekend to get ready for the end of April. Because this weekend, while we do have the Oregon Relays, it's more of a, it's heavily high school. There are a few good um, pro events, but nothing too crazy. LSU meet has a few good sprinters. Um, nothing crazy. Michael Johnson in, in Waco, Texas. Arizona State Twilight's happening. It's just... It's a little mute. It's a little, it's just like, it's not like, ooh, big feel. It's not like the Golden Games or a big college meet. So uh, I was looking through the entries and I found one entry that intrigued me though. Actually, I found two, but one notably. And that is the outdoor 800 meter season debut of a thing though. She's running. In Heat 404 at the Michael Johnson Classic in Waco, Texas. Uh, Kendra Chambers, Aaliyah Miller is in the race. Uh, mainly, I guess Miller is probably the closest to, I mean, no one's close to Thingmo, but Miller is like, couldn't, can run too flat. So that, that's something. But a Thingmo, she's, she did indoor season. You know, she did her miles. She's been running her 400s outdoors, you know, running some relay splits, open fours. But finally, we're going to see her in her event which is the 800 and i'm gonna just see see how she approaches this because what she, what is she gonna get out of running like too flat i don't know but also what's she gonna get at trying to run 155 solo i don't know right it's it's kind of interesting like you it's it's weird that the the best 800 meter runner in the world an 800-meter runner who probably can flirt with a world record in the next 
600 days. Is making her first 800 at a college meet in Waco, Texas. Now, there's nothing wrong with running in the college meet in Waco, Texas. Trayvon Bromel is running his 200 there. And you get stuff. But, like, I'm just trying to figure out, like, what she Because she going out there jogging a, a two, two, 159 for the win. You could, like, what's, like, what are you getting out of that? So I'm hoping she does one of two things. I'm hoping either she runs insanely fast and everyone she opens up with like a solo 156 and we're like, whoa. When she's in a fast race with Keely Hodgkinson and a few other of the greats, Natalia Gould and all the others, Ajay Wilson at a U.S. final or in a, a championship final, she's going for 153, 152 or something like that. 154 maybe. So either that or this is what I really want to see. I want to see her... Go out and be in third place in this college field through the first 400. I want her to just force herself to put herself in a bad position tactically. I want her to feel uncomfortable because of the pace. And by the pace being, being uncomfortable, I mean being too slow. I want her to try to give herself just a really shitty situation. And then blast off and like have an incredible last 300 and just like run away from the field. And the reason why I say that is because I think it's good to kind of test yourself for these unknown situations that you never know where you're going to be in. You know, what if at the world championship final, she trips 200 meters in, you know, that's a, that's a shitty situation that you want to mentally prepare for. You'd be like, imagine if she were to do this, right. Then Olympic, uh, the championship final, she trips and she gets, Push to the back and she has to catch up and like she's in last place at the at the at the bell. She'll be like thinking about, okay, I survived Waco, Texas. That's a double meaning right there. But I survived the Michael Johnson Classic by creating a weird situation. If I could win that Michael Johnson Classic being in dead last or whatever, I can survive this weird situation at my world championship final. So that's what I want to do. I either want to or amazing, or give us a cool little split. That's what I want. So we'll see what happens this, this weekend. Again, not a lot of stuff going on. I checked out the entries. Um, obviously, the Oregon guys, Cole, Cole Hawker and Cooper Tier, they're running a 15 and a 5K the day before their four by mile record attempt. Um, and then uh, that's about it. So. Not much of a preview podcast, but we do have a some a few other things to talk about. Um, literally today, the Peyton Jordan entries got released, and I literally I woke up this morning, saw a tweet, saw the entries, and I was scrolling through them while I was forcing myself to wake up. And so I scrolled through them, and I kind of got a few uh, notable athletes that I noticed. I think well, it's going to be pretty exciting to see what they do here. Um, first athlete that I thought was interesting to see, like, hey, what are they going to pull off here at the Peyton Jordan Invitational? Again, this is live on Flow Track. It's the same weekend as Penn Relays. So while the relays are going on in Philadelphia, we'll have some fast uh, distance action going on on the West Coast. Um, first athlete that I 
am intrigued about is in the 10K. And that is, well, it's kind of, it's two athletes. Um, I guess, yeah, it's, it's mainly two. It's the two Stanford athletes, Kai Robinson and Cole Sprout. They're in a 10K. And, well, I guess Charles Hicks is in here too. So it's the three Stanford athletes, Hicks, Robinson, and Sprout of Stanford. I believe that they're going to do something special in this 10K. I think they're going to run way under, I think they're going to run way under 28 minutes. I think they might flirt with a collegiate record. Like, I know it's kind of crazy because we kind of fill our collegiate records for like the all-time greats, like a Lowy Lelangs, a Cesarex, uh, Sam Chalanga's types. But you look at this field, you got the Stanford guys, but then you also have Adrian Wildeshut, Wildshut of Florida State. He is, I think, the only Florida State athlete come to this. So he's flying from Florida to California to come on a 10K. He could easily get his 10K qualifier any way possible. Adrian Wildshut is not coming to run a regional qualifier in a 10K. He's trying to run an all-out 10K to see what he can push his body to. You know, he probably wants to get a world standard, right? He's trying to run for South Africa at the World Championships. You put him in there, Adrian's 13-0 guy in the 5K. He's going to run a great 10K. Stanford guys are going to be able to ride what Adrian does. And I think one of Robinson, Sprout, or Hicks, probably leaning towards Hicks, is going to rip off. Actually, maybe I'm really- I think I'm re- maybe I'm leading towards Robinson. It's going to rip off a very fast 10K, potentially give us a special top three, maybe ever collegiate 10K performance. There are, so I'm looking forward to that on the men's side. On the women's side, there are a few athletes that are kind of interesting uh, with what they can do here. I think you look at the steeplechase, Ava Cohen. She feels like she's been at New Mexico for forever. She's running steeple. Obviously, we saw Courtney Wayman did in her steeple. She ran 926. Cohen is coming off a good 5K that she ran at Brian Clay or Mount Sac. I think it was Brian Clay. I'm not sure where she ran it. But be excited to see if she can kind of throw down maybe a, a 930 low to, to kind of prepare Courtney Wayman for like, hey, you're not going to be able to just run away for the title. You're, you're the best steepler, but Ava Cohen might be on your heels. Uh, and then I think uh, the athletes I'm kind of excited to see most, um, 5K, Lauren Ryan of Florida State's going to be there. She's, she could run a fast 5K. Um, Vanessa Frazier for Bowerman is going to be in the race. That's good. Um, but again, it goes to the 10K. Peyton, Jordan, it's all about the 10K. 10K is going to have Kira D'Amato. Kira D'Amato, the American record holder in the marathon, we run 10K. I would think she wouldn't come to this race if she wasn't planning on doing something special. She wasn't planning on at least trying to get the world standard. Um, and Kira D'Amato in a 10K is kind of something that we were talking about. Uh, was it 2021? But then she got hurt. And then she gave us a great marathon at the Houston Marathon for that U.S. record. But we, Kira came onto the scene, was it during the pandemic? She ran that time trial, like 15.05K 
and everyone's like, who's this random mother who's running times that pros are running? And we thought it may have been a fluke. She's, oh, maybe the, the time trialer stopwatch was off. But then she kept repeating it. And then she started getting into races and she started improving her half marathon and her road 10K, road 15K, breaking all these records. Then she goes on to break the marathon record. But throughout all this time, she never really had yet to have that opportunity to put together a track season that ended with a good performance at the U.S. level because she didn't run the Olympic trials. She, I guess she hasn't, has she, wait, now that I think about it, I don't, she's, she hasn't run at a U.S. track championship. So me seeing her at the 10K at Peyton makes me think that potentially a 10K at track could happen. Now, there is the marathon. I think she, is she in the marathon? I should know this. God dang it. I'm sorry. When I do the solo pod and I don't have my colleagues uh, to help me out. Is she running the world championship marathon team? People are like, listen to this podcast. They're like, guys, you should know who's, who's, uh, who, okay. I should know this. Oh, she's not. Yeah. Okay. So that makes sense. Yeah. Because she's fourth. So Molly Seidel, Emma Bates, and Sarah Hall, those are your, your women for the marathon. So this makes a lot more sense. Okay, yeah. So this is Kira deciding, hey, I don't get to run the marathon at Worlds, so let's get to the 10K. Maybe I can make the 10K team, if she, which will be very impressive if she does. Uh, she definitely – she won't be a favorite. She won't be a, a long shot, but she also won't be – She's like between a favorite and a long shot. I, would, you know, I think most people would think she's like the sixth best 10K runner in the country. And to go from sixth to third is very hard. But we'll see what she does. Maybe she runs a fast 10K and we'll get excited. All right, this is a long-winded way of saying I'm excited for Kira D'Amato, 10K, Peyton Jordan, live on Flowcheck. Got through it. Also, one great thing, if you scroll through these entries, uh, like scroll down, see, I okay, get pause. You see like these events where like women's high jump, one athlete, women's discus throw, two athletes, women's hammer throw, one athlete. It's just like one Stanford athlete or one unattached athlete. Same thing on the men. Like there's like two sprinters in the hundred. Um, the reason why they do that is for stupid reasons. These athletes aren't really there. Be I mean, again, I'm not just, these athletes might be there and they're excited to run their hundreds or their two hundreds or whatever. But those events exist for one reason and one stupid ass reason only. The 1500, the 800s, the 15, 5K, 10K steeple, those marks don't count in the eyes of the NCAA unless they allow, unless they hold a 100 meter dash. Because basically the NCAA has said, your track meet isn't a real track meet unless you offer every single event. And so Stanford, Peyton Jordan has to offer events that clearly no one is coming to run in because it's a distance-based meet. In order for them to deem their distance races eligible, they have to hold 
a two heat, a two person hundred meter final. They have to have one person throw the shot three times. It makes no sense. It's basically bureaucracy forcing, you know, event focused meets to have fake events. You know, it feels like a sprint heavy meet. It's like they have to like, all right, we need some guy from a club team to go run a five minute mile to justify this great hundred meter dash we have here. You know, it's kind of stupid that Peyton has to do this. It's stupid when, you know, rowing heavy events have to do it. It just makes no sense. Anyway, I thought that was always, it's always fun looking at the Peyton Jordan non-distance events because they're just all placeholders in order for them to sanction the meet. Um, it's kind of funny. And sometimes the placeholder is a great athlete because when Valerie Allman was there uh, for Stanford, she would be throwing discus at the Peyton Jordan solo and this like, Destroying everyone. It was kind of fun. Anyway. Uh, all right. Last but not least, let's talk about some rankings. I got some rankings for you. It's going to be great. U.S. rankings. Kevin has been doing world rankings. I have been doing NCAA rankings. Nobody has been doing U.S. rankings. So I took it upon myself to create the official Flow track, U.S. individual rankings. Top 12 deep. I didn't go eight deep. I went 12 deep so you can see who I have on the bubble to make a U.S. final. And I'm going to update these rankings, I think, in like two weeks from now. And then once we get closer to mid-May, I'll do it on a weekly basis when things are moving around. But I had to wait throughout all of indoor. I had to wait through the first few weeks of outdoor to get people, give me some data points. But... We came up, I'm getting blown up right now. Sorry. Um, whoa, I mean, I lost my track. This is the problem. Solo podcast, lose track of what we're talking about. All right, back to it. US rankings. This is what we have. And I wanted to kind of throw down, a f show a few of my rankings out there. Again, check them all out. They're on the, the website. Go to flowtrack.com slash rankings or .org slash rankings. Check them all out. Uh, let's start. Let's show the men's hundred. I think that's an interesting one. All right, men's hundred. Twelve. I have bowling. Eleven. Brandon Carnes. Ten. Noah Lyles. Lyles in tenth. Trayvon Gillespie in ninth. Isaiah Young in eighth. Marvin Bracey seventh. Kenny Benderick six. Michael Williams five. Ronnie Baker four. Trayvon Bromel three. Christian Coleman two. Fred Curley one. Now. There are a lot of reason, different orders of why I would put someone higher or lower. Um, I'm sure people look at my Noah Lyles pick as like, dang, 10th? That's, that's, a little, that's a little harsh. But, you know, I mean, Noah Lyles isn't running sub-10s right now. He's running 10 O's. And Noah Lyles is a great 200-meter athlete. 100, he just hasn't shown it yet. And I have other people who've run fat, like Marvin Bracey. Him, not running well at USA's at the trials is hurting his ranking right now because I have to factor how you did at a US championship. I have to factor how you did at the Olympics. I have to factor what you're doing immediately right now, what you did in the past. There's a lot of different factors. I weigh it all differently. And at the end of the day, Noah Lyles comes up 10th. I don't think Noah Lyles will be 10th. I think Noah Lyles will make a final at least, probably finish top six. But right now, as of April 17th, he's 10th in the US, which is just wild. Um, but yeah, Fred Curley 1, Christian Coleman 2, Braille Mel 3 is the order. 
We'll see how it plays out. But that's what I have right now. 200. I have Noah Lyles, 1. Kenny Benneric, 2. Fred Curley, 3. Arian Knight, and 4. Michael Norman, 5. Terrence Laird, who we haven't seen yet, 6. Um, not a lot of college kids in my first round of U.S. sprint rankings. I think I have Michael Williams, 5th, and Marvin Bracey. I mean, Michael Williams, 5th, and Matthew Bowling, 12th in the 100. Those are my college kids. And then college kids in the 200, I think I just have two. Yes, Matthew Bowling, 8th, and Lance Lang, 11th. So... It's going to be hard for some college kids to get into this. It's just a really good time for U.S. sprinting right now. So many great athletes. It's it's super deep, which is what you like. And there's going to be a lot of great 200-meter runners and 100-meter runners who are just going to finish fifth or sixth and be like, you got to be kidding me. Any other year, if I was going up against, if I was living in the, the 90s era, I would be freaking smoking records. Um, a little bit, let's look a little bit about some uh, distance rankings. Um, I think let's do the, 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 let's do the, let's do the women's 10K. Yeah. Women's 10K. This is a hard one. Women's 10K is hard. The 10K in general is just obviously it's not run often. Um, and the strategy of a 10K championship-style race can vary between two, two modes. It could be strength-based or speed-based. You don't know. Are we going to sit and kick 10K where the milers you know, come out on top? Or are we going to get a grinded out in the middle of the heat type 10K like we had at the Olympic trials where the strongest survive? Um, right now, my rankings are... Um, Mario Hall, 12. Courtney Freerich's 11. She's not going to run 10K, but she's ranked 11th. Millie Palladino, 10. Rachel Schneider, 9. Edna Kurgat, 8. Sarah Hall, 7. Natasha Rogers, 6. Emily Infeld, 5. Alicia Monson, 4. Emily Sisson, 3. Carissa Schweizer, 2. And Elise Cranny, 1. I think a lot of people would agree that Cranny and Schweizer have shown no signs that they won't be top two. And I think a lot of these women are going to be fighting for that third spot. Alicia Monson got that third spot last year. I have Emily Sisson getting it here. I mean, I can see Emily Sisson not running it. A lot of Sarah Hall, is she even going to, she's not going to run the 10K at the trials probably. So there are certain people in my rankings who won't run. So that will change the dynamic. But I think the question of between Sisson, Monson, Infeld, Rogers, maybe throwing a Kira D'Amato who's not ranked right now, and a Rachel Schneider who hasn't run much, but she shows that she can handle the 10K distance. It's really a toss-up for who gets that third spot. And uh, I'm be excited for this women's 10K because I think Cranny and Schweizer kind of have a lockdown on that top two, but the third spot is just like, put your name in a hat, just pick it out. It's just very, very hard to decide. So check out all the rankings on flowtrack.com. And I ranked every athlete top 12 in every event. Just pick a random random ranking. Did you know that, according to me, Marcus Gustavuson is the ninth best 
discus thrower in the country, according to me. The more you know. Take that fun fact on the weekend. You're going out with your friends. It's getting nice out. Talk about Marcus Gustafsson as the ninth best discus thrower and how clearly Cord Ferguson is better than him and that clearly Nate Moses is worse than him. I mean, amount of conversations you can have around the men's discus throw of 2022 is just crazy. Got Reggie Yeager's the third, Mason Finley, Sam Mattis, all names you might have heard of. They're my top three. Turner Washington, college kid, fifth. Anyway, I'm going on and on about the men's discus here, but you get the idea. Check out the rankings. We'll update them regularly. You're going to disagree with them. Let me know how much you disagree with it. It's fine. I'll take it. I can be wrong. I am wrong. And I'm, I've embraced being wrong, you know? But there's something I'm not wrong about. Like, there should not be a three-athlete three limit per country at World Championship. It should be unlimited. It should be, if you're fast, you're in. Not, if you live here, you're in. Anyway, that's the pod, guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, sorry we didn't have Kevin. Next time, tell him not to eat hamburgers with his neighbors, and he won't get food poisoning. Um, we'll be back. Uh, Next week, we're not sure our official schedule because we are on the road on Wednesday flying to Philadelphia for the Penn Relays. So we're not sure exactly how we're gonna how we're gonna do it, but we'll get we'll do at least three pods next week. Probably do some live pods from Philadelphia uh, for the Penn Relays, which would be exciting. And uh, yeah, get ready next week, man. Big week, relay action, uh, distance events are gonna be crazy at Penn. Four by miles, DMRs, some great four by ones and four by fours. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait. Um, yeah, so check it out. And I think we might have an interview with uh, Oliver Hoare next week, who is going to be on that four by mile at Penn. He, they're trying to break the world best. And he had some choice words for the Oregon boys for doing what they're doing. So we'll be able to talk to him after. I guess it'll be a good reaction to see. His thoughts on what Oregon threw down in their four by mile uh, on Saturday, and to get his thoughts, be like, all right, they ran fifteen forty five. That's cool. I'm gonna run. We're gonna run fifteen forty four. So excited to talk to him about that. Next week's gonna be great. Pen Relays week. It's here. We'll talk about it. again. Thanks, Kevin. Uh, not thanks, Kevin. You're not even here. Thank you, Travis and Colt, and uh, we'll talk to you guys next week.